Thank you for listening to Data Science at Home podcast with Francesco Gadaletta. You are about to get cutting edge insights from the people who are reshaping the world of technology with machine learning, data science, and artificial intelligence. It's time for Data Science at Home. Welcome to the show. Hello, I'm Francesco, podcasting from my cozy office of the company Amethix Technologies, where we use machine learning and artificial intelligence to empower people and organizations. In this episode, I'm going to speak about proteins, biology, but in fact, about deep learning. Now, you might be asking, what's the connection between these two? And well, stay with us and you will get the why. So the successes of deep learning for text analytics also introduced in a very recent post that we published on amethics.com and the post is about sentiment analysis. These successes are definitely undeniable. Now, many other tasks in NLP, which stands for natural language processing, have also you know, taken advantage from the superiority of deep learning methods over more traditional approaches. These extraordinary results have also been possible due to the neural network approach to learn meaningful character and word embeddings. That is the representation space in which semantically similar objects are mapped to nearby vectors. All this is strictly related to a field that one might find, you know, initially disconnected or even off topic, if you will, which is biology. Now, living organisms are characterized by the function of proteins that have the main purpose of, stay with me, catalyzing metabolic reactions, which uh, basically means performing biological functions that allow the organism to survive. And among these functions, you know, we have a thousand functions, even more than a thousand. For example, performing DNA replication, transporting molecules around the organism, and so on and so forth. Now, the best way to represent a protein is in the form of a sequence of other smaller molecules that we, that well, biologists called amino acids. And for this reason, it is quite common to see proteins represented as strings every time computer software is involved. Why is that? Because strings are, uh, it's a, a very well-known type, data type, that computer scientists are used to, and they can do a lot of nice stuff just by representing things as strings. Now, amino acids can be easily thought as the words of a vocabulary. In this case, the vocabulary is going to be 25 elements or words. And every protein can be thought as a sentence, just like in English or any other language. Researchers who have the tendency to treat similar problems with similar tools have found NLP models to be versatile enough to be applied to the problem of understanding protein sequences. There is a very recent paper that will uh, be added to the show notes of this episode. Uh, the title is quite long, but uh, it explains, it's kind of an abstract already in the title. Uh, which is biological structure and function emerge from scaling unsupervised learning to 250 million protein sequences by Alexander Reeves and, uh, and others, who have studied proteins with neural networks and found something very, very interesting. What is this? Well, similarly to NLP approaches used to predict the missing word in a sentence, something that we discussed in exactly the previous episode, episode 64, they have trained a deep neural network to predict masked amino acids on 250 million sequences with, listen to this, 86 billion amino acids in total. 
To be more specific, they used a very powerful model architecture, which is called the transformer, of which a more detailed reading can be found in a reference, uh, in the references added to the show notes of this episode. The transformer algorithms has the ability to model long-range dependencies within a sequence thanks to its core component that is called the attention mechanism or self-attention, which I will explain next. So what is the self-attention mechanism? Well, the self-attention mechanism allows a sequence model to focus its attention on a specific part of the input in order to have a more accurate prediction of the output. The biggest problem with neural networks and also with complex input data is that not all the input data might be useful to perform a prediction. And so in an image, as well as in a paragraph of text, as well as in a chunk of heterogeneous data, you know, not all the bits in the input are necessary to perform the prediction, whatever whatever it is. And so the attention mechanism is a way to intain, indeed keep an eye on a specific part of the input, uh, you know, give attention only to specific features. So imagine a human who is performing tr- a translation from Italian to English, given a relatively long sentence in Italian, for example, a human translator would not read the entire paragraph then memorize it and perform the translation in English. Instead, she would, you know, read the first chunk, generate part of the translation, and then look at the second part, generate a few other words, and so on. So she would move, you know, I'm not saying word by word, but gradually towards the end of the sentence or the paragraph, especially when the paragraph is relatively long, right? Now, while this sounds familiar to a human, uh, it was not the case for traditional NLP machine learning models. And so the attention model introduced this way of proceeding with sequences. From a computational perspective, whenever, you know, when generating a specific English word, a machine translation model with attention mechanism would not use the entire Italian sentence, but only specific words which are assigned higher weight and that will drive the translation along. Such weights are computed dynamically by a specific neural network that is trained jointly with the machine translation model. Of course, if you refer to the references reported in the show notes of this episode, you will find a more technical and in-depth explanation of the attention model, which is too complex, of course, to summarize in a podcast episode. Once a deep learning model based on self-attention, such as the transformer, is trained to perform certain NLP tasks like language translation, for example, it is able to have a good understanding of the semantics of the words that are given in the input. And this understanding is encoded in an internal layer or internal representation of the neural network, and it is known as the word embedding. If you have a look at a previous post at amatix.com, you will definitely not only learn what the word embedding is, but there is also a very interesting code snippet that allows you to play with word embedding and with real pre-trained embeddings um, trained on more than a million words. Does a similar process of learning some sort of biological semantics happen also in the case of protein sequences? Well, according to Reeves and Pulse, the answer is yes. So let's have a look at the amino acid and protein embedding. Well, after training the transformer algorithm to process amino acid sequences, the researchers looked at the embedding learned by the model. 
they found out that the neural network had built a complex representation of the input sequences reflecting their underlying biological properties. For example, activity, stability, structure, binding, etc. In other words, the deep learning algorithm learned very important biochemical properties characterizing the different amino acids and proteins. And all this happened by itself, without any supervision. As mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the deep neural network is trained by noising, for example, masking a fraction of amino acids in the input sequence and have the network predict the true amino acid at the noised positions from the complete sequence context. So it's like breaking and then predicting again, right? So the final hidden representation of the same network is a sequence of vectors, one for each position in the input sequence, and from this representation, both an amino acid embedding and a protein embedding can be obtained. In the amino acid embedding, well-separated clusters are visible. Hydrophobic polar amino acids are grouped separately, including a tight grouping of aromatic amino acids. Some biologists here might find all this familiar, many other data scientists, of course not, but you know, think about differently labeled things that are indeed correctly uh, labeled by a neural network without the neural network knowing what biology is. That's the key, you know, that's how, that's why it is awesome. And so there are also negatively charged amino acids and the positively charged ones from two separate groups and another cluster contains the three smallest molecular weight amino acids. The protein embedding is obtained by averaging features across the full length of the output sequence, and it is a lower dimensional representation of the input sequence. In this space, each protein is represented as a single point, and similar sequences are mapped to nearby points. Remember the word embedding mechanism. You represent a word with 300 dimensions, for example, and similar words, for example, words that are, are semantically similar, for example, chair and table, definitely not chair and apple. So they will have, they will be represented by 300 dimensional vectors that are numerically close to each other, right? And so apple and pear would be closer, would be more similar than the vectors of, for example, laptop and chair, right? Because they are semantically more distant. And so this protein embedding is obtained by averaging features across the full length of the output sequence, and it is a lower dimensional representation of the input sequence. In this space, we represent, as we did for the words, each protein as a vector. Now, protein with similar functions in different species, guess what? They have been clustered together. In addition to this, the learned features allow you to predict the three-dimensional structure of the protein based only on the raw amino acid sequence and information about their biological activity. Researchers in proteomics and protein structure discovery definitely know how challenging such a task is. All this means that the neural network could find structures that characterize sequences correctly without human intervention. Clearly, sequence models have found their way in the field of natural language processing, or NLP, but attention-based neural networks are also applicable to data other than text, for example, images, audio, and generic numerical types. So biology, healthcare, drug discovery, and medicine are all fields in which attention-based methods can reach state-of-the-art performance and definitely gain, well, the attention of a wider community. No pun intended, of course.
I hope you enjoyed the show. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Data Science at Home podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean to get new fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at datascienceathome.com.